0: Welcome one and all to Sigma Sports Presents Matt Stevens Unplugged. And my guest in this episode is none other than Lucas Postelberger. What can I say about Posti? Well, when the gradient pitches down, he's one of the fastest and most technically gifted riders in the peloton. An absolutely fearless descender. But that is not the only string to his bow, and he has the Palmaras to prove it. The bora rider has been Austrian national champion twice, and we found out how that can be incredibly handy when it comes to identifying your socks. We also chat about how it feels to wear the yellow jersey at the Dauphiné and things get serious when he chats about a life-changing near-death experience. But they don't say serious for too long, because this is my podcast after all. So, perch yourself comfortably, perhaps enjoying a rolling landscape vista, and treat your ears to an hour of relaxed cycling tangents. Enjoy the pod. Hello, and welcome. Are you ready? Because it's that time again Matt by yeah. Lucas Postelberger is a talented and loyal rider, having spent the last seven years with his team, Bora Hansgrohe. He's won a stage at the Giro, enjoying a stint in a pink jersey. He recently won a stage at the Dauphiné A2, enjoying a longer stint in the yellow jersey at that. He's also won the GC at the Anpost Rass. post Rass. On post ras. On post ras. On post ras. Got to a Thank you. He's also the first guest we've had on the podcast with a prominent umlaut in his name, which doesn't get mentioned in the podcast, but I felt it was important to recognise it in this link. As you're about to find out, Lucas is a really down-to-earth guy and loves nothing more than home comforts and good food. Just don't dare choose the music. That's his job. Check it out. Lucas Posselberger, first and foremost, mate. Thank you very much indeed for joining us on Matt Stevens Unplugged. How the devil are you? <laughs>
1: Thanks for having me. Um, um, it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to talk to you, my friend.
0: Yeah, it's been a it's been a little while, isn't it? I think the the last time we actually saw face to face, I can't even remember if it was at the Tour de France, but. Was probably in Innsbruck, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. At the World Championships, <laughs> yeah, undergr- we, we, underground at this nightclub place, <laughs> um, which so so we you know, were like raving, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs>
1: raving, kind of. Yeah, it was kind of a, a pop-up store, no? That's right. <laughs> Cycling related. That was pretty yeah. nice, actually. It, it was,
0: wasn't it? It was, it was lovely, and it, it's really when you think about that—that that was only like two or three years ago—and you think about the world now. I, wow. You know, it's. Well, it's kind of um quite sad, isn't it? There's one thing I really miss is that real close contact with people. Yeah. I do I must admit, I do like a good dance.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm 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 like you know the the conversations and, and stuff you get along with just with meeting people you you like to speak to or you like to, to meet and it's, it's yeah, everything is lost now and I hope it's coming back soon.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think there's definitely a, a, gl- a gl- glimmers of hope. And when I was when I was at the Juro uh, just, to, just well, last month, now a few weeks ago, there were definitely signs that we're not there yet, but we're kind of getting back yeah. to some sense of normality. And that was a really, really nice, nice feeling. Have you noticed that? Actually, before we do that, what I, what I need to do because we're going off on one already, which is really nice. But for our listeners, mm-hmm. uh, Lucas, could you tell us where in the world you are actually and what <laughs> you can see? immediately around you and so give us a really nice sense of where you are
1: uh i'm currently uh in altitude training camp and preparation for the tour de france and i'm in kutai in Tirol in austria it's 2020 meters above the sea level and when i look outside i can still see snow cows and yeah blue skies some clouds but the sun is shining Really nice place. Really, really nice place.
0: Beautiful. Very, very nice. So how long are you going to be at Altitude for? Uh, I stay till
1: Saturday. Then I move to the team hotel for the national championships. And then, uh, yeah, two days at home. And on Wednesday is the official travel day for the departure for the Tour de France.
0: Of course, exciting times, isn't it? Exciting times. And, yeah, nationals weekend coming up. You're a twice-previous yeah. champion. What are you, what's the course like that you're heading to? Is it one where you've got a good chance, I'd imagine?
1: Actually, yes. It's it's hilly. It's kind of a classic parkour. It's, yeah, it suits me. But it's hard to predict the future, you know. And uh, there is yeah a lot of guys running the race and, and, and a lot of teams are interested in. And we are four guys from Bora. but we got to try our best to, to give the jersey to one of ours. Especially the main task yeah. would be, like, it's always really nice to have the national championship jersey at the Tour de France to present it for yeah. the world and, and show them that Austria has good cyclists.
0: That, that's... No, that, that would be very... Well, all the, all the very best of luck um, for this weekend, oh, mate. I know the nationals are, 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 are important to everybody. But, um, um, and again, it's been... um, It's just really nice to have you on the podcast because you're such a... You, you, you actually sound, if you don't mind me saying, and I want to set this in context, you're such a kind of upbeat, positive guy, just full of energy, that's fair to say, but you do sound right now to be a little bit fatigued, because you texted me quite early oh, yeah. this morning, I must, I must admit, <laughs> I was in bed this morning, I got the text, I had a bit of a line, I'd been out with, with my wife last night with some friends, I got back a little bit late, so I got your oh, yeah. text, and you said we're going for a long ride today, so, so was it a bit of an epic one, because you do sound a little bit tired, mate. <laughs> It, it was kind of epic i
1: underestimated the the distance to be honest it was around four and a half hour uh, five and a half hours and planned was five and uh yeah we had to interrupt the ride basically on the bottom of the final climb because uh, climbing up would take another one and a half hours and then it would be around 6 40 maybe seven and that's basically wow. too much. <laughs> yeah, we were running out of, <laughs> of fuel a little bit, and and then hunger flat, and we had uh, two coffee stops, and yeah, just just to give you an, <laughs> uh, a short introduction of the epic ride we did. I I did the loop before, but yeah. I started on the bottom, and right. in the morning we said, okay, it's nice weather, we just go down by bike, and I forgot about the climb back up and well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just happened. But it was a nice day out. It was it just brutally yeah. hot. We had thirty eight degrees some sometimes and in wow. average thirty five. Yeah. But it it was a it was a proper it was a proper loop, a proper endurance, right?
0: So was it the whole of the Tour de France team were just elements of it or, or is the Tour de France team now no, like a bubble it's, riding together? It's
1: just me. Uh, it's, it's just me and uh, Connie, Patrick, Conrad. Okay. Uh, we stay here in Austria in altitude. Uh, I guess Wilco is still in France. And uh, of course, because you got the national The other guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other guys are separately. But it was, it was just the two of us. So, Yeah. It feels good to have some somebody to complain against or with, <laughs> but it was basically my fault.
0: <laughs> it's it's always, you know, when you plan a ride, you, um, I was a little bit, I mean, back in the day when I was riding, I, I got tasked one day, we're doing the tour down under, and I yeah. got tasked to plan a route, and I didn't even have a proper map. All I had was a, a pamphlet from the hotel with a rough um, route, Oh, and yeah. we ended up, I said, we'll do five hours, and we ended up doing nearly eight hours. Oh, wow. And, and <laughs> yeah, and, on, and we didn't have room in the car. We ran out because it was really hot. It was like 35, 40 degrees down in, you know, Adelaide. And um, Pascal Richard at the time, he kind of didn't speak to me for nearly two days afterwards. Really. A, or, <laughs> I can't Yeah, yeah. Because he, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> so, he missed on it. He, he was going out with the, this woman in the evening, so some so missed out on a date uh, that he'd oh. arranged. Oh, it's, it was so, yeah. So never, ever plan a route based on just a pamphlet that you get from oh. the hotel reception. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is, is, is what you kind of. Is what you learn by that, mate. But uh, yeah, but, but there we go. So, who was uh, who was going the best today? Was there any half wheeling going on, or did you, or was it, or was it pretty? Uh, did you kind of look after each other a little bit? yeah, uh, I'm
1: I'm a I'm a bit of an annoying uh, training partner, I'd say, because I'm I'm half wheeling. Uh, ah, but uh, I I forced myself to stay calm and. No, it was actually a nice ride. But half uh, half into the ride we we realized that the loop gonna be longer. And yeah. yeah. And it was like, you know. Okay, we can do this. And then we, we called a friend and she she, she picked us up and and, and and brought us back to the hotel. <laughs> I like the idea of that.
0: <laughs> I li- I like the idea of two pros going out and having to ring up their friend to bring yeah, them back. Yeah, That's yeah. Uh, that, bring, that brings you guys back down to earth. You're still kind of it's just nice to know that you're you're human beings, you know, not these kind of robots that a lot of people kind of think, but uh, oh, no, we so are I mean, really,
1: we are human beings. We are breathing, we are yes, drinking water and and eating food, and and we love to eat food, actually. basically, it's all about it's all about food the yeah. end.
0: It is though, isn't it? That's <laughs> I know I know we kind of we talk about love loving, riding our bike, travelling the world. Me riding my bike now, although I do like it, it's so I can eat a lot of nice food. It's yeah. the primary reason. Today I haven't eaten as much because I haven't ridden my bike today. I'm having a day off, so I don't eat as much. But generally speaking, it's so you can really enjoy the food with complete freedom. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Of course. But kind of. So <laughs> what? Okay, just on the just on the food note then. What would be on say? Say you did a five or six hour training ride and you got home. What would be your ultimate sandwich filling when uh, you got home? Sandwich
1: filling. Wow.
0: Yeah. It depends. Now it's uh,
1: dry chicken with a light mozzarella and a nice. little bit, a dash of
0: potato maybe. <laughs> okay. A, bit, a, um, bit, a bit, bit of potato in, in, in a sandwich. That's interesting. Yeah, why not? Why not? No, why not? And
1: because we're prepping the food now. No? so
0: <laughs> Is that what I can hear? Is that what I can hear in the background, all these yeah, little noises? Because yeah, yeah. yeah. you said you're in the kitchen. I didn't realize you were actually preparing food. Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay, so tell us what you're making, because this is almost like it's live. So yeah. what are you making, Lucas, right now?
1: Um, we're cooking pasta, uh, cutting vegetables. We have smoked salmon, potatoes, Ooh. zucchini, uh, mushrooms, and we do kind of uh, spinach wrap you know it's okay like there's spinach we and we we mixed it with, with two eggs and now we uh how to see spread it on the on the plate and put it in the oven and let it let it get yeah dry like okay drying it and then we fill it with a uh, uh, tuna and, and cheese and then we're gonna eat it
0: like cold sushi kind Oh, of. lovely mate yeah, that sounds really good. nice and I really do on like the side, and yeah, yep. and we will see. Lovely, lovely. Oh, that's that's really nice. I don't think I've ever done a podcast with somebody who's <laughs> actually cooking dinner at the same time. So I do admire. I know when you're when you're on a training camp that your own time is of the essence, recovery. But um, fair play for c- killing two birds with one stone. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, very, very good lateral thinking. Um, I like your style. I like your style. Um, I, I, I'm not
1: really cooking. I'm just watching actually <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. are you are you food comment kitchen commentating
1: yeah i'm kitchen commentating yeah
0: <laughs> maybe that's a job for you in the future you get the lucas postelberger cookery show just get your ex-teammates on obviously using a borer hood of course uh you know a, a sponsor's dream <laughs> that
1: um, is would be cool like bob ross cool. uh, commentating his own paintings uh, paintings i'm gonna pay, uh commentate the cookings it's not so bad and yeah. a little bit
0: of. Yeah, because I mean, I know. <laughs> well, because be, you've got quite a calming voice, especially when you're tired after a training ride. I think it'd be like really relaxing watching oh, yeah. you describe somebody cooking. I think there's a definite idea there, and somebody needs to write this down. Ah, oh,
1: pretty cool. I'm going to keep this in mind. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks for the compliment. <laughs> calming voice, because, uh, yeah. <laughs> no problem at all, mate. No- <laughs> okay.
0: Right, looking back on an amazing few, well, amazing week at the Dauphiné, that was incredible. That was your your one of the biggest wins of your career, save for the victory in the Giro. Um, can you just take us back a little bit? Because um, it was magnificent. I guess it was a little bit unexpected as well, but you were clearly in really, really good form. But what was it like, mate? Um, Crossing the line first. Your first pro win in a couple of years, especially in such a beautiful race as the Dauphiné. Describe describe being in the break and finally holding on to win.
1: Yeah, it was to be honest, I, I made a plan in in, in in the training camp and when I received the files and the routes uh-huh. of the of the race and I was like, Yeah, okay. In the first two stages it's gonna suit the breakaway because there was the lineup for the race was not like for pure sprinters, so uh, the, the interest of the GC teams will not uh, be on the first two stages, I, like my opinion. So I said, okay, if you, you, get, you ask for the chance, and if you get it, you're going to go. And yeah, first day I missed it, but my teammate was in, so well, yeah, I was happy. And second day I said, okay, today is my day. I planned it with the coaches and with the DS we going to set it up? The team supported me to come actually or to create the breakaway with the, you know, if you go there and there, you know, there is a, a final climb. And the, I mean, I, I climbed pretty good in the moment, but I can't risk to go there with a good or strong climber. And yeah, you need to have also the right companions. And I have to be honest, I, I had a really good friend with me, Shane Archbold, and this made everything easier. And he... Yeah, like we made the plan then, okay, we're gonna go for the for the second last descent and just was with around twenty K to go and it was like we are gonna give it a try and push as hard as possible and drop the two other companions. And it worked out, yeah. I was I was I wasn't surprised because I knew I'm pretty good in the descent. But like if you make the plan and, and it, it it it's working the way you think it's not always usual so yeah was pretty cool uh, unfortunately shane had a empty tank after so i kept going on my own and uh, yeah it was it was a brutal hard last climb and and the way to the finish down the last few Ks was just mental it was it was a fight against my own will and against the pain and yeah also against the time and the distance and head down and and keep pushing but the reward was was amazing to taking the win and then then carrying the leader jersey for 4 days and
0: if anybody's listening to this podcast um yeah we just had a little bit of a break due to technical issues but um yeah Shimano or Mavic neutral service other brands are available stopped gave me and posti a uh, a kind of virtual wheel change or even a new bike I don't know and we're back up and running um how's things going along in the kitchen lucas
1: oh it's it's pretty easy. Pretty awesome. The smell is amazing, and I'm really looking forward to have dinner now. Or good soon. stuff. Well,
0: we'll <laughs> <laughs> I hope we don't keep well. <laughs> right. So, I want to. I want to still continue talking about the uh, about the dauphiné a little bit because obviously you had the jersey for four, the yellow jersey for four days, which must have been magnificent. Just wearing that, wearing that. You've obviously worn leaders' jerseys before, um but. What about that final, that well, not the final time trial, the time trial where it looked as if yeah no you, you might concede it, you know. <laughs> um, so, so But you ended up ninth on the yeah. stage, beating the likes of Geraint Thomas, for example, and you held on by a single second. What about the preparation for that time trial? What was it like? I mean, it must have been a completely different focus, because let's be fair, you're not normally in positions like that, are you?
1: Actually, yes. As,
0: I'm, I'm totally out of uh, the position to... Defend
1: or, or or to go for the GC result in a time trial. That's that's totally correct. But I I didn't like I was pretty relaxed. I had nothing to lose. Nobody was expecting something, and I said to myself, "You just have, you have you have one goal. You go as fast as possible and see what's coming out." You know, there was no tactics or, or uh, maybe saving for the next days. No, it was like all in, all or nothing, and and this was basically the key, I guess. And I was I was taking quite a lot of risk in the corners, right? Okay, <laughs>
0: okay, because it was a quite a, a quite a, like a, a not not hilly but undulating, wasn't it? A rolling kind of parkour. But yeah, I mean, you yeah. clearly went very very deep. Um, yeah. So what what do you think? The, do you think the secret was you just you literally were never expected to hold the jersey? So you, there was a would it be fair to say there was a real kind of purity to it? So you could just. completely try as hard as you can and anything was a bonus really
1: definitely definitely starting like the last you know like the lead of the general classification and all eyes are on you and i don't know how many people watching the race in television and and everybody's waiting for the yellow guy coming around on the circuit so it it gave me a lot of motivation and uh, also like carrying the jersey Gives you wings. I, I just say how it is, you know. If you are in the leader position, you want to stay there. You want to be the best and keep it as long as possible. And well, it was amazing,
0: really. Yeah. Oh, that—that that was my next question. I mean, we talk about with those words. We talk about leaders' jerseys, whatever their color, but primar- primarily yellow, of course, give, giving you kind of this extra ability to to kind of hurt yourself. So, d- did you? We, you're honestly aware of wearing the yellow jersey, but did you sometimes just get a glimpse of the color on your arms and your shorts, and did that kind of spur you on a little bit? I mean, because it, it, it does seem to do something very, very special to riders. It's, unless you've experienced it yourself, it's difficult to explain, isn't it? Yeah, it is really It's special.
1: It's really special. I mean, in the race, I, I you don't really realize it because you're not looking down on yourself. But if you, you dress yourself and prepare yourself for the race, you're going to... You're gonna hold the jersey in your hand before you pulling it over their head, and this, yeah, and then going to the presentation, and and you're the last team, and uh, yeah, it's everything special, and it, it gives you a special feeling, and of course it's it's also a big motivation, and and yeah, it's hard to describe. You, you're <laughs> right, yeah. it's really hard to describe, but it's it's extra power, maybe I don't know. How much, how many percent, but it definitely supports yourself.
0: Yeah. And, and what about the reception within the peloton after the initials, after you won stage two and then for the next few days, you're obviously a regular face in the yellow jersey in the peloton. It wasn't just one day to enjoy it. You could enjoy it over a couple of stages, which is quite, yeah, yeah. quite kind of rare. How was the general, because you are a very popular figure, you're a likable guy. How, what was it like in the bunch? You know, Obviously a little bit stressful at times, but in the early stages, how did it feel with with guys kind of coming up to you and congratulating you? It, it was it
1: was amazing, really. I was I was quite overwhelmed of the positive response I got and all. Almost everybody I knew in the bunch came to me and said like, "Hey, amazing ride, man!" and and, and they, they they congratulated me for the for the win and and yeah, like I I felt like yeah a friend of everybody almost, and it was it was really nice and. Uh, I really enjoyed the the days and and yeah people coming up to me and and saying yeah they are happy for the win and for me and and was yeah was really amazing i was super happy
0: yeah i mean it was great i mean great seeing the Bora hands grower social media and your own kind of social media about it i think there was a yeah there was a real positive kind of um outpouring of yeah of joy really when you know just around it which is which is lovely because i spoke i mean this podcast will probably be episode, roughly episode 44 or 45, and I've spoken to quite a lot of riders over the last year or so since we started this lo- this um, podcast because of lockdown, about the changes within both the, both the male peloton and in the female peloton, you know, that the emergence of new young riders. And, um, and you're not particularly an old rider, you're still in your 20s, still 29 years of age, but over the last five or six years, you know, based on that feeling, that kind of, that camaraderie with you being in the jersey – how, what's your perception of how the, the modern peloton has changed riding at world tour level over the last few years, Lucas? How do you kind of feel about it? Because you've are you been around a bit, but you're not super, super old or anything like that. So give us a sense of of the kind of difference in the bunch, um, the feeling in the bunch, the way it's ridden, the, the kind of style of racing over the last five years.
1: Yeah, it changed. But like you said, I'm not in the business as long as some other guys. But for me, it was obvious that there... Are changes going on because the material is getting faster, better, stiffer, lighter, and also the training methods, they, they change, you know, it's, there's like a, a real, yeah, idea behind what you, how you perform the whole year and, and the coaches and, and everything is getting more professional than nutrition. And,
0: and yeah, it, it's part of the game and, and changes progress. So this is essentially uh, part number three. We've had another uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi puncture um, at the Neutral Service. They're, 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 they're kind of running out of bikes, aren't they, uh, Lucas? Because we're back, back on some some more spares. We're up and running. And do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spin this podcast round. Yeah. And um, we're going to have a bit of a quiz. A quiz? Okay. Yeah, a quiz. So you you were born in Austria. Obviously, you're an Austrian, uh, twice yes. national champion. Um, pr- pronunciation wise, you're born and brought up in Volkabruck. Voklerbrook, Voklerbrook, v- yeah, Voklerbrook, yeah. Th- thank you. For, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm ruining it's really the hard pronunciation. To yeah. it, <laughs> it is, but I have now got four questions for you. So, cue jingle. It's the Voklerbrook quiz. Oh, the Voklerbrook quiz. <laughs> the Voklerbrook quiz. Now it's time for the Voklerbrook quiz. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, at this, one. <laughs>
0: this was Niall so you can give oh, uh, Niall a round of applause for yeah, yeah. I, I think the automated jingle is better at pronunciating, uh, pronouncing German uh, and Austrian okay. than I am um but there you go so <laughs> okay you're you're brought up in Wokalbrook but um what we're not going to do um Lucas is kind of super test you we're going to do it's going to be a multiple choice quiz we've got four questions okay but they're all multiple choice answers okay
1: okay great <laughs> so don't so don't I'm stress kind of too much
0: <laughs> yeah you will be. everybody everybody is nervous on their hometown quiz but don't worry i mean keep chopping your onions or preparing your spinach relax maybe yeah. a bit, little bit imagine you're in the mayo jaune at at the dauphiné or you're in the, the the Malia Rosa stage 2 of the Giro okay the Giro okay okay here we go right question number 1 lucas what is pictured on the Volkerbrook coat of arms okay wow. so what is pictured on the Volkerbrook coat of arms is it a two horses crossing a bridge to a castle is it b two dragons crossing a bridge to a castle is it C, two lions crossing a bridge to a castle? Or is it D, two knights on horseback crossing a bridge to a castle? What is the right answer? Oh, this is a
1: really tough answer actually, uh, question, actually. To be honest, <laughs> I, I have no idea,
0: really. Uh, it's... it's okay, mate. That's why I've given you some... Uh, I would some... say horses. You're going to go for horses, yeah?
1: Oh, yeah, I go for horses
0: it's wrong <laughs> unfortunate it's too oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give you half a point because it's actually D two knights on horseback um, so I'm gonna give oh. you half a point there Lucas because I mean do you know what? I'm in a good mood you've been out on a really long ride you're making your dinner and you're a little bit tired so half a point okay
1: okay half a point is fair. thanks man no yeah, at least there are horses
0: no involved in the picture you know like Exactly, exactly. Um, and, and they're, they're very interested. The knights have actually got um, like little plants coming out of the top of their helmets as well. Um, maybe you can have a look later on when you're very bored. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm check it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Question number two. Okay. On July the 16th, 2021, at the Zipf Brewery in Volkerbroek, there yeah. will be an evening. You know this place? I know the brewery, yeah. Okay. Well, on July the 16th, 2021, Lucas, uh, I think you're going to miss it because you'll sadly be at the Tour de France, which is a big shame. Uh, There will be an evening dedicated to what? Mm -hmm. And it's one of the next uh, four answers. So, is there an evening dedicated to fantasy and sci-fi literature? B, romance in the medieval era. Okay. C, crime literature. Or D, Upper Austrian architectural literature. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the Zip Brewery, there's an evening dedicated to one of those. Yeah, fantasy and sci-fi literature, romance in the medieval era literature, crime literature, or Upper Austrian architectural literature.
1: Wow. Another tough one. Yep. But uh, I think it's about architecture.
0: It's not, I'm afraid. I completely made that up. It, it is man. crime. <laughs> <laughs> this was the last one I would expect, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought upper Austrian architecture, I thought that's, that's got to be, uh, yeah. I just made it up. I just made it up, mate. So, sorry about that. So you still got half a point, though, um, but you've got a little bit of work to do. You kind of, um, you'd, you'd, I think if this was a, a an echelon in the crosswind. I think, <laughs> I think you'd be in echelon number two, but uh, near the back in the gutter. Yeah, or, almost, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, you yeah, you yeah. really need to find, you need to find something special, Lucas. All right, mate. Okay. <laughs> okay. <That's> right. <laughs> right. I'm going to take a gel. Te- that's it. Pop, pop a gel, uh, nice <laughs> caffeine gel, and just hold on to that wheel, mate, and hope that some, you get some trees or you, or you go into a village <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Here we go. <laughs> Question number three. Yeah. What is the oldest building in Volkerbrook? Oh, wow. Okay. Is it A, St. Giles' Church, B, Skondörfer Sch- Church, C, the Hotel Peterskofa, or D, the Stadfark Church? Oh. Yeah. I'm so, pretty so, sure it's a church. It is a church. So, yeah, I could, yeah. But is it St Giles, Schondorfer, oh. or the, the Stadfrak Kirch? Or the hotel Peterskofer? Again, no idea.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would say. The Peterskoffer
0: <laughs> Church. Yeah. The last one. The 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 Stadfrag Church, yeah, it's not. Damn. It's the Schondorfer Church. Oh, okay. For a bonus point, <laughs> no, you, no you, won't, bonus get you right? won't get this. You um, won't get this. How old is it? It was made. The Schondorfer Church is a long by a long way the oldest building in volkerbrook It was made or built in eight twenty four. Oh wow! I, yeah, over <laughs> a thousand years old, mate. Um. Well, there we go. Uh, at least thing is, at least you're learning, but I think you might be dropped and you're in the convoy now, mate. So you really need to try.
1: My excuse is I'm away for 250 days a year. So I'm not spending so much time in my hometown.
0: <laughs> I think that's a great excuse. I think that's perfectly legitimate, mate. Don't worry. So there's one more question you'd be pleased to know. Uh, one more question. And if you get this right, you're back in the back of the bunch, mate. But you're oh, in the yeah. convoy at the moment. But you're well in the convoy. You're fine. You're actually on the bumper of the Bora Handsgrow team car. That's good.
1: <laughs> right. Sticky bottle for me, please. <laughs> you,
0: you, you, might, you might need a very, very long sticky oh, bottle yeah. to get back. Here we go. Question number four. Okay. what? Then this is true. What festival of fruit is held in Volkerbrook? So what festival of fruit is held in Volkerbrook? Is it A... The raspberry, B, the strawberry, C, the blackberry, or D, the cherry? It's the blackberry. It's the strawberry. Oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I got everything wrong. Oh, it's it's quite good.
0: <laughs> oh, mate, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to, to do really. You got half a point. Oh, um, yeah. Let me just see if Niall, if because we we always have a live, we always hire a few uh, people to kind of listen in on the quiz. We have a live studio audience. Nile, are we going to get a round of applause for half a point? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Wow. We have but I, I but i think it's a kind of covid-19 audience i think there's only about 15 people there uh, oh. so, so there we go. <laughs> oh oh anyway there we go but you got half a point and we had a lot of fun nice one that's true okay mate right um let's let's rewind let's go back in time um what's your earliest memory lucas of riding a bicycle this is a question i do ask everybody because i find it fascinating what's your earliest memory of of riding a bike it's a pretty good memory i got my first bike when i was Three years
1: old. Wow! It was an Easter present. Okay. And it was a uh, yeah, kind of green colored with uh, yeah, some some dots on it. And uh, I like there's some support wheels mounted on. You know, usually like. And I, I got the bike and I was like looking at it and and trying it and then I I went off the bike and was straight running back to my, to my dad and I fell over the support wheel. And then I said like, come on, put this off and he put it off.
0: And from that day I was, I was riding a bicycle. Wow. So, so you were like, uh, quite an early adopter. So you, I mean, yeah, these little wheels, we call them, we call in England. Well, UK, well, we call them stabilizers. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, so at three years of age, you got rid of stabilizers. That's pretty good. Yes, yeah, sure.
1: It was the first day I, I I got a bike and I owned a bike and I was I was straight starting to ride it like how you ride a bike. Yeah. That's what they told me. I, I mean, I I know that I said, come on, put it off, but I, I can't remember it was the first day, to be honest.
0: Okay, okay. So, so what ultimately led you to – so did you have um, – were any of your parents or siblings, or if you have any, uh, were they involved in cycling or how did you ultimately get involved in, in racing? Actually, there is nobody in my family who was
1: involved in cycling, and, and it was my my mom was uh, doing gymnastics and athletics, and my dad was playing tennis, but no cycling at all. So it was it was more my my own way, and uh, yeah, we started in secondary school. There was a free there was a free event every Monday afternoon. Uh, it was about mountain biking it was about 4 hours and our teacher there he was he was in a in a cycling club and he said yeah uh, there is a race on Wednesday and it's like a, a crit and it's in May it starts and it ends in June and there is every second week is a race and if you would like to go there we're going to go there all together and then he brought the bus like the small one from the from the cycling club and then we went there for two races and The first one I won, and the second one I was fourth, I guess. So in overall, I was, I think, third. And that's how my cycling career started, crit racing with a mountain bike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a a great way, though, to to kind of learn, though, isn't it? You know, jump on. I I always find it, I I love to see kids on bikes, whatever the bike's just having fun, you know, whatever age. It's really wonderful, isn't it? it is actually it 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 gives me also i try
1: to bring people uh to the sport i love and uh, um, i'm trying to do this with uh with my passion and to, to show how much i love cycling and, and and also mountain biking actually i don't care what and why and how it's just like amazing to see people riding bikes
0: yeah yeah and have you noticed i mean there's a big i mean cycling in the UK has changed massively over the last 20 years, you know, uh, with each Olympic cycle and the success that's come with it. And even more so now with, with COVID-19 and people not using public transport, there's a, a real noticeable change in, in, in the country I live in. Well, what's it like? I know you don't spend a lot of time at home, but have you noticed more people riding in Austria? I, I do. Yeah, actually I would like the first lockdown was quite
1: annoying because there were more people on the bike paths than on the normal road. Wow. So all my training, I, I had to change my loops because there was no space anymore to go. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> so I went on the main road because there were no cars. <laughs> and yeah, well, but they, it, it's really nice to see. And especially also the, like, if the family is getting new bikes, also the kids getting new bikes. And then uh, they build pump tracks nearby and, and they start to, to do some uh, small uh how to say uh, kids' education rides where they go yeah. on the pump track and they go off road and and then they do like yeah some small races just in the neighborhood and it's it's really it's it's going and and getting along really nicely and I really prefer the 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 community all the people getting more back to to the roots I would say to do stuff outside and not uh, sitting in front of the television or tablet or phone or whatever yeah and yeah. I, it's it's nice to see, and also for myself, it's it's a bright future for cycling, I guess. Yeah,
0: I know that as I've got older, I've become, although I still love you know riding on the road, I've become more and more kind of aware, or my thinking has changed in relation to the importance of just generally riding, not so much getting people to race, but just getting people literally to ride a bicycle, whatever whatever it is, is is becoming you know more important i just love to see anybody out riding a bicycle whatever they're doing and i think that's something exactly that, yeah it's weird isn't it when i was when i was you know briefly a professional and racing you know internationally it was my focus was just road but now i've got a kind of a different view on things and it's just lovely to see the fact that you know i love commentating on pro racing i love that side of things but you know what you do for a living is at the very tip of the of the pyramid isn't it you know cycling is far more bigger than than just racing isn't it
1: it is actually, it is. Yeah, it's just like you say, it's the tip of the pyramid, and there's like so much going on in the background. And also in the past, if there, if there would never be a, ch- a chance for me to, to, to come to a race, there is no uh, organization on the, on the very bottom of the, of the cycling and, and of the of the young for the young people then mm. there is no professional sport at all and and it's not only about cycling it's about sport in general i would say in my opinion yeah,
0: yeah. um to just sticking on the racing side of it I, again what do you enjoy the most about about racing what kind of in you know because it's such a i mean training and racing is brutally hard and but what do you enjoy most about racing
1: i i really yeah, I enjoy to force myself to perform. Yeah, and this is what I actually enjoy. Yeah, I, it doesn't matter if if there is a, at the end of the day there is a good result or a bad result. For me, the most important is if I go to sleep. I need to be satisfied with my performance. I showed and I did, and this is what what is what is giving me the motivation. It's like when I'm satisfied with my job and satisfied with my performance I'm, I'm a happy guy
0: yeah um, and what about the I mean you've been with Bora Hansgrove since well 2016 when they were yeah. Bora Argon, and then they changed obviously Hansgrove came on board um, it's a long-term contract with the team what's the kind of because each team is different isn't it each team has a different I mean people fit in in teams in different ways and teams have a different kind of different kind of feel a lot of it's based on the the kind of country where the team is registered etc some not so but what's the kind of idea can you kind of explain to me (laughs) the ideology of Bora what's it like being a part of that team I know you're clearly very very happy there they are a very popular team they're a fun team but what's it like being a part of that team it's it's amazing really I got the chance when when I
1: was uh uh, still in continental, I, I did good races. I, I won the the RAS and I won the stage in Tour of Austria. And then still was I was out of under twenty three the first year. And it's always like yeah. In in this time was like yeah, you make it till then or you never. So yeah, it was it was kind of was kind of hard situation for me. But then Ralph came up with the idea and said, hey, you're gonna ride for my team. What do you think? I said yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course. And it was a it was trust was giving to me. And this f- immediately felt like, yeah, kind of home or family. And I was really pleased and I'm, I'm still thankful to get the opportunity. And, and this is what what the team does, actually. Yeah, uh, if there is potential and if, if there is a yeah, a possibility that that you're going to be uh, a good racer or a good, uh, yeah, a good cyclist. It's it's seen and and with the the coaches and the development we got in the past years, it's amazing. We we like I was growing with the team. I would say, yeah. And yeah. you see, like we, we started our, our. I started racing with professional Continental, and I saw myself in the first classic season. I was just I was there, yeah. And I saw how to race but i had no chance to do it so i was just i was i was a passenger i'd say yeah and like growing with the team and uh getting to know stuff and things and 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 yeah seeing how to how to react and and also how to to grow it's yeah it's kind of it's kind of raising a kid I can say now because I have now one but yeah it's it's amazing
0: yeah so you you feel properly at home and and I, and I take it obviously you're clearly very happy there yeah do you do you feel as if you are realizing your full potential because of the support that you've got
1: of course there's still uh some potential left to improve I'd say but uh in the last two three years there's that was going on a lot, and also a lot of of benefits, of knowledge, and 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 what what we can do, how we how we can approach things, and and how we how we set up training or or, or the environment for the best performance, and yeah, well, it it it's it's paying back, yeah, and i I'm, I'm really optimistic for the future sure. and i'm actually really yeah curious what it's what is going on next yeah we have a, a kind of like uh underdog guys coming from a different sport for example like tony one of my my best friends he's ski, ski mountaineer and then it's now uh going on the world tour level cycling i mean he was always on the bike and, and training and yeah we we I, i'm curious to see how how he's going to be uh
0: in two or three years yeah it's, it's good that the team are giving a little bit more thinking outside the box a little bit thinking differently in terms of giving exactly, th- yeah. athletes from a different background a different a, a kind of a because it's, it's taking a little bit of a risk but sometimes to actually progress you need to think differently don't you
1: yeah, actually yes and he is giving like he's giving insight from his sport and how he was approaching things and 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 doing things and and, and training methods and there is also a big benefit for us now and uh, uh, especially the the mental side uh, how he's how he was preparing himself for for such a hard effort and and how he's he's going to to force himself to to train or to sleep or to whatever you know it's it's a different approach because it's a totally different sport and yeah brings you back to the roots a bit and back on the ground because there is one uh, short story it was like he asked me before the first training camp he's like yeah and what do I have to bring I said yeah you bring what you need and yeah but I cannot bring twenty four cycling pants because. 24 days, you know, is there a possibility to get the washing done? I said, yeah, man, of course. We have around five washing machines in the truck and in the bus, and there is no worry about the laundry, you know? I said, oh, wow, cool. Yeah, let's do this. I was like, yeah, it's some, you know, some simple things. You, you're you taking it granted and it's like brings or brought me back at least and said, yeah, the environment is great and, and, and yeah. We have so much potential still, and it's it's pretty cool to see. You know, you're just realizing uh, how 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 high the the level of 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 the peloton on and, and of every team is, and yeah, it's it's great. Really, I I really I started to enjoy it even more now to yeah. see to to get a different view, and and yeah, it's great.
0: Oh, sorry, Matt, I can hear. Uh, Here we go. Random question alert.
1: (laughs) Random question alert. Random question alert. It is time for a random question.
0: Well, here we go. It's time for a random question. Sorry about that. Um, I've well, a couple of months ago, the people at Sigma installed, they insisted actually as part of my contract to, they installed <laughs> a very old computer in the, in the corner of my loft where I do the podcast. It's called the random question generator and it's like an old fax machine. I've just pulled off this question. Never seen it before. Oh, well, it might have done. Oh no. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Our <laughs> curious. Here we go. Yeah. How many cats do you think you could fit into a Toyota Yaris? Wow. Yeah. So a Toyota Yaris, the other cars are available. Um it's a very small hatchback car, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, h- how many normal sized cats do you think you could fit in, in a Toyota Yaris, uh, Lucas? And a really it's it's random. It's random, but, but a bit just they still you know,
1: alive. Uh,
0: that is a very, very, very good <laughs> question. <laughs> let's as- let's assume they are alive but quite cooperative. Okay, yeah. yeah so that they're of. on your okay, side. They're yeah. like, yeah, this is this is cool. Let's just see how many cats we can get in a Toyota Yaris. How many do you reckon? I'd say about 70 to 80. 70 to 80. I reckon I'm going to, I mean, I know, I reckon 145. Oh, really? That much? Because if you think about what a cat, could, they can really get kind of quite small. They get under gates, doors. um, And then you've got the, I mean, because cats aren't that big. Um, oh. But I guess you could put 80 in, but they still have the opportunity to move around. But again, if to put 142 in, you'd have to really push them in and then get somebody else to put the door shut. So they were really tight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so there's, there's, there's two versions. There's the kind of um, – they can't breathe almost, and then they, they, you can only shut the door briefly, or like yeah. 80 roughly. They could that, just that, probably that's just what
1: I, I, That's what I would – like if they're
0: – yeah. Okay, they should be
1: alive. They should be able to move, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think that's a more, a far more humane <laughs> method of getting... So 80, 80 cats, roughly, in a two or two Yaris, is your answer. What a, what a wonderful answer that was. I think that deserves a round of applause, because Aww, you put a lot of yeah. thought into it. Round of applause. Because, obviously, it was quite a disappointing quiz for our guest, <laughs> Lucas Posterfunker. <Parker. laughs> so, so the random question. Um, very, very, very good. Well, nice answer. Um, okay, moving on swiftly, back to the real world. As a yellow jersey wearer in the Dauphiné, did you get to choose the music on the team bus? I always choose the music on the team bus. Do you? I do. Wow, yeah. that, that, was, that was a really – you said that. You actually move closer to the microphone as if you're speaking into my ear. That's like, yeah, I own that. I, I'm a <laughs> DJ. <laughs> I am. <laughs> not
1: everybody's satisfied with it, but if, if I'm not doing it, nobody's doing it. So, yeah, take it or, yeah, complain.
0: I'll play the music anyway. I mean, if anybody's kind of, I don't know every team bus, of course, has got music, but Bora Hansgrohe, and I've obviously been to quite a few bike races over the last few years, um, especially, I mean, even if Peter Sagan's not there, you'll generally have a big speaker outside the bus playing the music. Exactly, you? yeah. You're the only team that does it. Um, so, what kind of music, and it's if you're generally on the bus, people are cool with it. So, it, even, you know, so everybody's cool that you are the main man.
1: Ah, when, when Peter is around, we have a, a good playlist, a good mixture of everybody. But uh, basically, the, the outside music is more for the
0: spectators and we play our own music inside. Ah, so it's different on the inside. and oh, That's an interesting one. Okay, that's quite... So what what do you kind of... Does it depend on the stage? So if it's like, say it was um, Fla- Tour of Flanders or e- GP E3 or something, yeah, um, it's, it's, would you it's, have... Would you have something different than the mountain stage in the tour? Uh, yeah, in the mountain stage, you know, like,
1: it's always, it, it's funny because there is not so many climbers. They, mm. they motivate yourself, their self, I think, in a different way than okay. like a classic guy or a sprinter. Do. I really like a push, like motivational music for the start. And if there is a mountain stage and it's hard, it's maybe uphill start already. I, yeah, I'm I'm already kind of depressed. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't want to annoy anybody from the from the from the GC guys and from the climbers. And then it's like, yeah, well, okay, let's see. And if there is somebody asking for music, I'm gonna play whatever they want. But I'm not taking the the risk of of of, of making
0: them mad or sad already before the start that's a good point because when you think about it we're all different every team once you get you know well now it's eight riders isn't it for a grand tour but eight yeah. riders nine of pre- previous years you know even if there's a bit of overlap generally you're all going to be motivated by different things so the more you think about it and we talk about marginal gains a lot I know that's a bit of a cliche but one of the biggest marginal kind of disadvantages is to play crap music at the start because can you imagine we all missed, uh, imagine that at the end of the day sorry sorry ralph we missed the break we missed the break because the music was shit you know <laughs> so, so it's, it,
1: it's important that, that's totally that's that's totally the point yeah you got it because if if you hate the music already in the bus you're gonna hate the whole day and if you are annoyed of the music you're gonna uh, I don't know. You you're gonna start the fight with the first guys pushing <laughs> yours, maybe. Yeah, you know, it's like you're yeah, totally right. Yeah.
0: So what what is your? I get what kind of music would you go for? You know, okay, we're, we're looking at um, a classic, for example, because yeah. obviously part of the classics lineup, uh, Paraguay, whatever. What would what would be the one that got you properly? What kind of music would you kind of want? I, I would like to have a. A
1: proper dubstep remix,
0: dubstep remix. Okay, yeah. right. Like Prodigy, Pendulum, or what? Right. Okay, because oh, you, you you'll know uh, you know Perry, don't you? Perry up Gwyneth, I guess. Yeah, I do. yeah, so he's he does the theme tune for the podcast, mate. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He wrote oh, the theme cool. tune for the podcast. Yeah, is it but the top low. But yeah, so it's so a proper kind of techno drum and bass kind of vibes to really get you yeah, kind of fired yeah. up. Just to enough, get mate. fired to 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 start. Okay, good stuff. Well, that's that. That's nice. I just yeah, I just wondered, and I didn't realise that you've had different music in the bus. So, you, so basically, that's a nice gift. So you're playing music for the fans. What a lovely gift! What a lovely gift, mate. Um, who's the messiest teammate to room with? Wow,
1: <laughs> there are
0: a few. Yeah, you can be honest because you know.
1: Yeah, just, it's it's, it's m- myself maybe.
0: So you you class yourself as quite a messy person in your hotel rooms ah uh, yeah I, right okay, yeah that's interesting
1: and uh i don't want to blame leonard but leonard kemner it's quite messy as well we ruined okay. last year <laughs> <laughs> it was a mess <laughs> so when you get two messy people together it's like a big uh, mess yeah. isn't it? it's yeah. a big mess yeah there's like kind of suitcase explosion going on you go in the room and just bam stuff everywhere <laughs> i'm gonna search for my glass. you you've seen my glass maybe I say, yeah you've seen mine <laughs> it was kind of decent. Uh, the only good thing was we had different sizes for everything so in the end everybody got his own stuff again back together but in the moment you lost it and you're searching for it it's like man you got my leg warmers probably and
0: yeah yeah it's your Sorry, <laughs> i've been in that situation because otherwise if you're sharing if you're like a large or or like you're rooming with someone with the same size kit, that's when you have oh, to kind of label awful. it off, don't you? Because I've I've I must have worn other guys' jerseys loads of times and, and arm warmers and stuff and um gen or socks. Cause who who labels socks? Nobody. You know, nobody labels socks. Um. I was so happy to be national
1: champion. <laughs> yeah, of course. That I'm gonna try to be national champion again because it's so easy. You find everything. <laughs> socks, jersey, pants. It's it's branded. It's yours. You're the only. You're Fantastic. the
0: only guy. <laughs> no, that's yeah. That's that is that's the kind of one, the one bonus, isn't it? Of getting it's it's lovely getting all the national champs kit, though, isn't it? All that proper stuff for you. And then then of course the jerseys from then on. Even if you're not national champion, you get the little stripes on the sleeves, don't you? Just so you're like former Austrian champion as well. So there's there's that. Yeah,
1: you know. this is uh, kind of in our team. It's just. Uh, yeah the world champion and the European champion getting the small sleeve stripes ah right okay uh, yeah
0: okay we won't, we won't go into that then <laughs> maybe if um if is it sportful' is listening um you know this man's been twice national champion no, it's,
1: more, it, give... it's, it's more about the sponsor because
0: ah, okay. they want us to look everybody the same
1: and ah, it's kind of okay. cool though you know if yeah there I, I is get like, that the, the whole team is looking the same except the national champion. And of course, if you've been a uh, world champion or Olympic or, or European champion, you're going to get these small uh, stripes on the
0: sleeve. But it, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty rad. I, I, that's fair enough, mate. I mean, yeah, a very, very philosophical kind of a diplomatic view there, um, Lucas. Um, okay, you've got somebody calls you up. Um, it's this kind of big sponsor. We don't know who they are. And they say, Lucas, we we love the way you ride, mate. We we've been admirer of your style over the years. And um, in twenty twenty two, there's going to be the Grand Prix, Lucas Postelberger. Wow. Um And yeah, um, but you can have it anywhere you want in the world, and you design the parkour. So, Lucas, where is it? And what? Where in the world is it? How far is it? It's a one day race, and what does the course look like? And you can ride if you wish. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I uh, I would actually set it up in my home region in, in upper Austria. Okay. It's it's almost like Belgium. It's in the Hausruckwald, it's called. Okay. And it's hilly, it's small roads, it's messy roads, it's left and right. It's it's just a mess for racing. But right. I love it. Like it's yeah. it's if you go there it's like going for for training ride in Belgium on, on, on the on the cobble classic roads. But it's just it's just without cobbles. But okay. It's gonna be there for sure, and it's gonna be 250 k's, yeah, of left and right, up and down, and and just a mess. Racing from start <laughs> to finish.
0: Just, just, a, is that? Would that be the hashtag? The GP, yeah. the GP Lucas Postelberger. Just a mess. Hashtag just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's honest the most though. Most awful
1: it? race in the calendar,
0: but the most. <laughs> So, 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 the race parkour would reflect your 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 kind of slightly messy but kind of upbeat character. Yeah. Um, so there would probably be drum and bass playing on the start line. <laughs> of um, course. <laughs> nobody, 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 would be penalised for leaving their hotel room in a mess. It'd have a real re- relaxed feel about it, wouldn't it? Quite clearly. Yeah. You know, you 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 know what you you're gonna get. Yes. And you know what to expect. I think that's always good. I think that's, and and then everybody's got a fair crack because when they don't know, if you go into something not being prepared, you never perform well, but everybody that's going to ride that one, I think actually you get some proper classic specialists coming to ride this race. I think you get a good list. I guess, Uh, I guess so. Yeah. uh, I reckon you would mate. I reckon you would mate. Well, um, okay. Another question, bit broad, bit broader here, Lucas. What, what's your ideology for life? Wow. Hmm it's pretty hard to tell
1: actually Uh, I have to say my point of view of life changed a lot last year Hmm. where I got stung by an undetected insect I still don't know what it was but I ended up in hospital and uh, yeah I almost died and yeah I started to overthink a lot of things and uh, uh, I'm trying to live. I, it's so mainstream to say this, like to live life like every day is the last. This bull. Sorry for 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 the word No, no, no. But, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, I try to to make myself happy as good as possible and and try to take the positive things for real and for yeah to to how to say it, just to focus on the positive things, what is going on and and, and enjoy life. Really yeah. just enjoy life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I, 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 I think I do remember actually, because you had a work. I think it went around that you had a spider bite, was that right? But you didn't no, know- No, it, it, was... it
1: was during a stage. Oh, right, okay. Third last, three days to Paris. Yeah. I we thought it's it was a bee or a wasp or something yeah but yeah you know i i bit it out and i i spilled it out it was in pieces i couldn't detect what it was actually but uh i fell off the bike and had an anaphylactic shock and was taken to icu and stayed there for one day and
0: yeah well was harsh yeah I, I i do remember it now i'm sorry i i, I didn't realize it was um it, it was that serious though but yeah th- kind of big moments like that can actually refocus. Just remind you of the, uh, also without being super negative or just honest about the, the fleet, the very fleeting nature of our existence, you know, um, that true. we, we are very, very close to anything happening at any point. And especially doing a professional sport like, like cycling where it is dangerous. So I, th- I think just living, not each day, obviously we have to plan ahead and stuff, but, but trying to enjoy this, this short time we all, we're all gifted, especially when you become a father, that changes things as well. It certainly did for me. Is is a is a a very simple but important ideology this is, this to have. Is true, mate.
1: Yeah. This is true. This this is what I wanted to mention next. Like, turning or or getting a father is, is changing everything as well. It's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything every problem you you think you you have or what bothers you is is a is in a totally different angle if you're a dad and you have a, a kid to care for that's totally yeah. that's totally yeah it's amazing to see and of course it's amazing it's an amazing experience how hard life is can is going to be
0: <laughs> yeah all worries yeah, yeah.
1: And, and and things you never worried before it, yeah gets a different angle
0: yeah yeah have you changed Do you think the way that you've that you've that you're riding a bike because of of your of your son, has that changed you as a rider? Are you a little bit less? Well, are you more cautious, or do you think you're exactly the same, but you just have a different kind of set of, I don't know, a, a different set of responsibilities? So, do you think you you stayed the same as a rider, or changed?
1: It actually, I'm taking a bit more risk now. I don't know why, especially in the wow. In okay. In, 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 yeah, like, or I'm trusting my abilities more. Let's say it is, it, it is ah, brilliant. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's that's really interesting because Olin narson gave me a really nice compliment last week in the Dauphiné. He said, Do you, man, do you know you're probably the best descender around? And I was like, I, I'm not sure if I'm the best, I know I'm quite good, but. Yeah, he was like really—he—he was—he was committed to what he said. And I know I'm—I'm I'm going down fast, and I can go fast if I want. i, w- I wouldn't say I'm the best. I just—I know what I can, and I trust my abilities.
0: That's a really, really interesting point, isn't it? That um, there's people's perceived risk, but if you're confident in what you're doing, that to you you're not actually taking a risk you just know that you can do these things and you understand i mean you're nearly 30 years of age you've been riding a bike for long enough um and looking at some of your race winning kind of moves and your ability to even when you go back to that stage in the giro d'italia stage one 2017 wasn't it Uh, yeah when you were leading out sam bennett and you cornered nobody could keep your wheel in a corner because cornering (laughs) fast is, is similar to descending isn't it when you're cornering at 50k an hour and um and then you won the stage and that wasn't fluke that was just yeah i can corner quicker than everybody else and if you can't keep up then there's these opportunities so that's a really interesting kind of way to look at it
1: actually the the stage in in the dauphine was won for me in the descent because yeah. i put i brought back 45 seconds advantage in the descent in the long one and this was time i, I would never be able to gain in the climb for example not on the best climbers in the world, you know, so this 45 seconds kept my 11 seconds. I still had in the finish line alive.
0: Right. Wow. That's, that's a there. I mean, it just shows the importance, doesn't it? You see so many good climbers, you know, opening up big gaps and then losing everything on the descent and, um, but descending is, and and when you, I know you weren't riding the Giro, but uh, there were some really key moments in the Giro d'Italia this year where key moves and almost moves that changed the face of the race were forced on the descent. And, um, and, uh, that's, that's always fascinated me. Um, cause some people say, well, you shouldn't really attack on the descent," but it's not yeah. about taking risks. It's about making people think about how confident they are. And that's, I think descending is massively important part of, of racing and it's an exciting one. There is risk involved, but you know, you're not going to throw everything away and, but you just, when you know the limits of your bike and you have that confidence and it puts you in a different place, isn't it?
1: It is actually, I, we spoke about it with, uh, Sylvester Smith, our coach, and he said, it changed so much in the past because if you go in the descent in the past, like 10 or or 15 years ago, yeah, you, you probably lose three or four minutes, but on the bottom of the climb, everybody's waiting. And then, the race goes on it was like this he said you know for sure there was speed and and and, and of course uh, but nobody was taking too much risk in the descent and in nowadays it's it's quite opposite i'd say it's like you're trying to force uh, yourself going faster and faster of course it's taking a lot of risk this is also why i understand for example banning the super tuck yeah and just to keep the rider safe but in my point of view i'm a pretty good descender maybe you know i'm gonna crash one day because i underestimate the corner or overestimate uh my ability and uh yeah but it's the risk or the ability what forces myself to take but it's it makes you a a complete rider cycling is not always going fast uphill you know it's like about cornering about the feeling for the bike for the material it's all together now and it's it's getting it's getting more into this
0: and what would be just to take that point then lucas because we see you know um, there's so many people riding now and 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 quite often the bike handling part is the thing that people can get quick can get fit quite quickly especially if they if they they're riding on the turbo trainer training structured training so they get strong But then the thing that takes a while to learn is bike handling, especially cornering at speed, descending, but safely, of course. So what would be, for the people that are listening, because we get a lot of people listening to to this podcast from all over the world of different abilities, which is absolutely wonderful. And what tip would you give to, to somebody who's maybe struggling with cornering and descending? Just one kind of simple thing for them to, that they could take away from this podcast and maybe help them with their skills on a bike.
1: Just, you know, it's always, I mean, crashing is always bad and it always hurts, but it's it's not that painful in the grass or in the gravel than on the road with uh, 50 to 80 kilometers per hour, you know. If you do proper cross-country cross racing or, or downhill racing, it's, it's maybe, you know, there is a lot of risk and a lot of taking risks involved and a lot of technique, but just take the bike go in the forest and and, and and go for a ride through the grass and through the wood and and, and stuff like this it will give you a lot of feeling and, and feedback how to to ride and, and even if the wheel slips you're going to fall yeah okay you're going to land in the dirt and it's it's probably less painful than than taking the asphalt or yeah whatever cobblestone or the bike path or yeah just to get to the edge, you know, yeah. and you will improve
0: fast. Definitely. Great stuff. Well, that's, uh, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I know we've had a couple of false starts. Um, the big question is that I have to kind of wrap things up. Um, how's dinner looking? Because I felt as if at one point you were moving, you were kind of walking somewhere else. So where where are you now? You started, obviously, uh, I'm, preparing I'm, the food. <laughs> <with this. laughs> so where are you now?
1: <laughs> I'm sitting now at a table, uh, one plate, uh, from my friend is already finished mine is still full <laughs> okay. and I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to have dinner now to be honest
0: <laughs> okay well I tell you what what a wonderful way to, to end the podcast um, Lucas it's been an absolute pleasure talking to me um, thanks for giving up your time best of luck importantly uh, for the Tour de France I, I would imagine you are like it's a race you've ridden before this is number four for you isn't it
1: number four
0: yeah yeah so you must be ex- and I mean you're an experienced pro you've been around a bit you must still get like very very excited ahead of, of the tour of
1: course of course yeah. yeah i made it to the finish just once and was the first time i was i was competing there so i really want to go to paris this year
0: okay mate. we'll uh, we'll all have our fingers crossed for you and willing you on and and the rest of the team as well mate but for now Thank um thanks very much and more importantly enjoy your dinner oh, take care mate Matt, thanks. thanks very much bud Cheers. thanks
1: for having me my friend it was a pleasure to talk to you as well
0: thanks very much mate take care What a lovely guy. I have to admit, all that cooking throughout gave me serious food envy and I had to demolish a six-pack of whats to satisfy my appetite. Thanks as ever to Perry Amp Gwyneth for the podcast theme tune and thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe and rate the pod and why not recommend it to your silent teammates who lovingly prepared your dinner without uttering a single word throughout the podcast if you have one. And finally, a massive thanks to Lucas for joining us on the podcast today. I wish him all the best at the Tour de France and hope he finishes it with style. And like he says himself, he's happy with his performance. And that is the most important thing. Cheers all, stay safe and goodbye.